Hey, folks, good evening, and welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate some of the more recent and past scripted and unexplained sightings and encounters that were submitted to Phantoms and Monsters. Uh, I will also detail current and past investigations, so thanks for joining me. Now, the Phantoms and Monsters radio channel is made possible by you liking and uh, clicking the subscription button and uh, by sharing our programming. Super chat and super thank donations are essential for us to continue offering you our unique content. So, uh, and we have a new feature available for you to show your uh, support of Fams and Monsters Radio. The buy me a coffee link and banner are shown below. So, your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. Now, before I get started, I have a request from an extraterrestrial experiencer who would like to know if anyone listening has encountered holograms of unknown creatures or entities before the actual alien encounter. Uh, If you have thoughts on that question, please post in the chat for Vincent to make note of or or send to my email at lonstrickler at phantomsandmonsters.com. So let's get started. Um, We've been having... Some new sightings southwest of O'Hare International the past couple weeks. And uh, we actually got a third one today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read the three. And uh, the third one we're still looking into. Manuel sent it over to me today. So uh, a truck driver at work in Bensonville, Illinois, which is just uh, southwest of O'Hare International Airport, encounters a red-eyed winged humanoid that was making chirping sounds. He states that I was at work Thursday night, April 28, 2022. I had just brought back a man lift from the construction site that we had picked up and brought back to the yard. I had just driven the man lift off the trailer and was just about to get back into the truck to park it when I saw something, some movement from the back of the yard. I grabbed a flashlight and headed back toward the storage containers that are kept in the back. I saw something on top of the container and I shined a light on it and asked them what the hell they were doing back there and, you know, that I was about to call the police and they needed to get out of there. Uh... I kept walking towards them and yelling when I heard a series of clicks, rapid fire clicks and what sounded like chirping. Uh, I'm a bit of a history buff and back in World War II, U.S. troops used to carry these clickers called crickets. They used it actually, they used it, uh, the paratroopers used it uh, behind the lines when they dropped them in just before the D-Day invasion. Um this sounded like those clickers, only faster and louder, some pitch and same pitch and tone. Uh, I was about 12 feet from the containers. I looked up and was met with a pair of red eyes that were staring directly at me. These were attached to what looked like a tall being that must have been at least six to seven foot in height and looked like a giant man bat kind of thing. I lost it and started backing up while trying not to scream like a little girl. Uh, this man bat was partially lit up by the lights we have in the yard. I tried to shine my flashlight on it, uh, on this thing, and it, I, it started clicking at me and took off into the air. It took off towards the north. I practically ran back to the truck and got in and parked it. 
I swear to God, I sprinted toward my car, which was parked by the main building where it was lit by the streetlights. Thoughts of something swooping down and attacking me were swirling around my head. I got in my car and left and not stopping until I got home. Now, uh, Manuel uh, did an update later on where he said he reached out to the witness and that uh, they were initially hesitant to speak and asked me to call them back before he was able to convince them to speak in regards to sighting. Now, this is an unusual. We, we, have, um, we have had witnesses in the past who, for some reason, they feel overwhelmed and they, they sense that maybe this thing, if you tell on them or talk about them, will come back. Uh, the witness works for an industrial rental company where they service and rent a wide variety of industrial equipment. The witness is a driver for the company and has been there for about three years and describes a job of delivering and picking up equipment. Uh, he said after he picked up the man lift, uh, he had ride back at the employer at the employer and had just dropped off the equipment and was in the process of parking his semi and trailer when he saw the entity. Uh, he, you know, I, I, I can go through the whole thing now. Vincent did Vincent Richardson did do a sketch of this being. He's posting it up there now. And uh, this is pretty interesting. This this being seems to be a little bit chunkier than the other ones. And, you know, it's still the bat wing type of thing. But the overall, the overall uh, look of it is very similar to what we've had. You know, I don't know if this is, um, if this is something that's related to the sightings that have been going on in the Southwest area of the airport and the cargo area near the cemetery. Uh, I got a feeling it may very well be, but we haven't made any communication to get any determination as to what it is, but we will be doing that soon. And since that we're, since we're getting other sightings, I think it's important because all the sightings were within a mile of each other. Uh, the second sighting was also of a chirping red-eyed being, and it was the same night as the first one, uh, about the same time. And uh, the, the report to Manuel and the, the witness stated, I had just got home from work on Thursday night at about 10.30 p.m. and had just got out of my car to head into the house in Bensonville, Illinois. Uh, and this was a residential area, so... The, the first one was in like a commercial area. Then this is a residential area. Uh, I stopped in my tracks and started to look around. And that is when I saw this large bat flyer in my house and yard. It was large with bright glowing red eyes and was thin. The wings were flapping slowly. It must have been at least 40 foot off the ground since it was easily above the house and trees in the neighborhood. I've seen bats before, but this thing was far, far bigger. It was it was gone in a few seconds as it flew over my neighbor's house and swallowed up in the night. I had tried to get the phone out and take a picture of it, but by that time I got out of my coat and tried to take the picture. It was gone and out of sight. Um, I know I was not the only person who saw it in my neighbor, as my neighbors across the street were also looking at it as it flew over. And even asked me the next morning if I had seen it and what I thought it was. Um, I've lived here for 12 years, never seen anything like that. Even my husband was skeptical, saying maybe it was a large goose or crane, and, and the red eye may have been a reflection of the streetlights. Uh, but she said she's certain of what she saw. And uh, 
yeah i mean this that's when we actually put the sketches up on the on the website so uh today we got a third sighting of a winged being uh in this you know in this bensonville illinois area uh now this was on may the night of may 9th so this is over a week later from the first two and the uh the witness stated uh i was out for a walk with my fiance Enjoying the warm weather after so much cold, we were at the basketball courts next to Tioga Elementary, which is on 212 Memorial Road in Benson, Bensonville, when we saw what looked like a large person standing on top of the building that was behind the playground. It looked like a tall person wearing what looked like a cape. Then this person jumped off the building, and the cape turned out to be wings, which it opened up and used to fly over us and out over the field and away. It was the damnest thing we had ever seen and really scary. So uh, Manuel hasn't talked to them yet, but Mr. Decker said he just posted it around noon today. So um, we're waiting to get a follow-up on that. So, you know, this is just another chapter of this whole phenomenon that's been going on in and around Chicago. So, um, what we're going to do is try to um, figure out if it's related to the sightings in um, at the airport. Now, we did have a sighting report in Bensonville several years ago of an entity that was in a tree that fell out of a tree. And if you go to the map, uh, the, the interactive map, you'll see it there in the Bensonville area. So if you click on that, you'll be able to read that report as well. Uh, anybody had any questions about this? Let me know. Uh, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm taking questions from uh, in between each of these um, these sighting reports. So if you do have a question, put it in caps, uh, put it up on the board, and uh, we'll do what we can to to answer them. Uh, if you want to wait till after, after I'm done reading everything, then we can do that. It doesn't matter. So the next report was where a group of American friends took a trip to northern Finland in order to camp in the wilderness. And they eventually came face to face with two bizarre humanoids stealing food at their campsite. Now, this was referred to me by uh, Cam and Kyle over to Extended Perspectives. Uh, so the, the witness writes, uh, for my 20th birthday, me and four friends took a vacation to northern Finland. We were going camping over two weeks in an extremely remote area. You see, I've always loved nature and animals. We weren't hunting as I can't bring myself to kill a mammal or a bird. We did go fishing a few times. Now, up until this experience, about 11 days in, I really enjoyed the trip, but I will never go back again. So one night, we were cooking some fish over the fire. And one of my friends pointed out that we... Uh, we used all the loose wood lying around, so we decided to go together to gather more. We grabbed our flashlights and started to head off. One friend pointed out that the animals might steal our food while we were away, but we shot him down saying something to the effect of the fish are roasting over far. No animal's going to get risk getting near the flames, and if they do, they'll get burnt and run away. So they said how wrong we were, <laughs> but since... I'm not sure what was that showed up. We can't be blamed for our assumptions. Uh, 
now I never assumed anything. A lesson will never be forgotten. In the middle of our foraging for firewood, we suddenly heard a loud animalistic noise. None of us recognized it. It sounded almost like a pig squeal, but cleaner, louder, and perfect clear, and not raspy at all. Almost as if there was an extremely high-pitched wolf howl. The uh, trouble was it was distinctly coming from the direction of our campsite. We quickly dropped all the wood and charged back to camp. I, I don't know what I expected it to be, but nothing prepared me for what we found. Uh, what we saw was strange, but in the dim glow of the fire, it was immensely disturbing. Hunched over a fire was a large, hairy creature. It held a half-eaten fish in one hand and several untouched ones in the other. But it saw us and was staring us down like a deer caught in a, in a car's headlight. I distinctly remember the creature. It, it stood approximately five foot tall. It was just definitely shorter than us, but at the same time, it was much larger. It had a thick barrel body, short but extremely thick and muscular arms and legs, pronounced joints at the knee and elbow. It looked to be twice as wide as us despite being shorter, but not fat, just extremely muscular. It appeared to have human-like hands and feet, but it was uh, covered in dark red fur on its entire body except for the fingers, toes, and face. I noticed this because the contrast was massive. Its skin was pale white, as white as paper. No hint of yellow, pink, or brown pigment, just like albino. It had huge, perfectly round eyes, larger than any human I've ever seen, a ridge atop the eyes and huge jaw. Its face had odd features to it. It lacked any discernible cheeks, just a flat wall of skin. It had a large flaring nose. It protruded like a human nose, but was angled back slightly, exposing its nostrils to us. Its eyes were highly dilated, but still was discernible whites. I was freaking terrified. It looked like it, it could effortlessly tear us all four apart and perhaps had, adding to the fear, it clearly, it clearly ate meat. After staring at us for what felt like a few hours, I went, it went from a hunched squatting position to a fully upright position in an instant and backed a few feet away, still staring at us. It moved pretty much like a human would, and it stood fully upright. Uh, you could feel the aggression in its gaze, but movements suggested it was acting defensively, which alleviated our fears somewhat. Every few minutes, it would briefly dart its eyes to its side and towards a particular spot. We tried to look as big as possible, but tried to stay still at the same time. We thought to point our flashlight at it, though I feared it would provoke it. We did it anyway, and it lurched back a little and clearly made a startled facial expression. Then I suddenly, then it suddenly reverted to staring at us intently. To our shock and horror, it quickly dart, darted its hands to its side and grabbed one of the fishing poles. It aimed it at us like a spear and walked forward a few steps. This thing was terrifying enough without a weapon. I don't know if anyone else spotted it. this, but when it moved its arm to the side to grab the rod, I saw its shoulder blade. It was much larger than a, hum larger than a human's, which made it even more terrifying. And after it picked up the fishing rod, it repeatedly made a noise somewhat similar to a high-pitched howl that we heard before, but 
with a odd inflection to it, a, tr a transition from a high pitch to a slightly deeper tone. It sounded like a child mimicking a fire truck almost. It may sound cute in hindsight, but coupled with the angry facial expression, it made it added to my fear. I perhaps stupidly decided to lunge forward at it to spook it into leaving. It lunged forward approximately the same distance I did and thrust the fishing pool towards me. Uh, we must have been less than eight foot apart. Its stare was now intently focused on me and made another noise at me, but it was completely different from it, its other noises. It growled at me in a deeper tone. It almost sounded uh, like a somewhat louder version of an adult human mimicking a wolf growl, but it snarled its teeth at me and raised its upper lip higher on one side than the other, creating an extremely angry-looking facial expression. It made me feel as though it was about to be uh, torn. <laughs> I was about to be torn limb to limb. Uh, it, it took another step forward, continued to lunge the fishing rod at me, and not changed its shape, facial expression even slightly. Uh, I gave in to my fear and quickly took several steps back to my friends. Now, the creature took a step back and changed to its previous facial expression. But as it did this, it was also taking several steps to the side. Now, time seemed to slow back. It's, uh, it's very... It's very slowly circled around us, though only completing half a circle. And it ended up almost exactly opposite of where I was standing before relative to the campfire. And we whispered to each other's plans, but none seemed safe. We were very scared and clueless as to what to do about this creature. But then suddenly it dropped the fishing poles and rapidly ran off into the woods. However, to our horror, out of the bushes next to where it exited our campsite, another almost identical creature ran out, following close behind the first one. As they ran, I noticed that they ran like humans. The way, you know, they moved their arms and legs perfectly mirrored that of a typical jogger, uh, with fists, fists clenched and swinging their arms up and down. The second creature was slightly slimmer than the first, but other than that, it was identical as far as I could see uh, though I only got a brief glimpse of it, I, I, and although their movements were human-like, uh, they were much faster than your average jogger. Uh, they made no effort to, cl to clear branches out of the way, simply charging through them. Uh, you could hear how loud, loud their stomps were, but they slowly faded in uh, until you, can, you couldn't hear them anymore. Uh, afterwards, the only evidence that we had uh, that they had been there were, you know, the fish and that had creature had dropped on the ground as it stood by the fire as scary as the creature was at that time i, I know and knowing animal behavior it clearly was not looking for us to add us like food uh it thought we were a threat to it and when it acting defensively uh, when it was between us and the second creature they both ran as fast as they could now the first one was like me being defensive if not just of itself but other creatures well Perhaps, perhaps it was a mate or a mostly grown child. <clears throat> we planned to stay longer, but understandably, we didn't sleep much at night. Instead, we uh, guarded the campsite until morning when we hightailed it back to town. After this experience, I'm not going out there ever again without a loaded gun. In order for a species to survive, it must constantly maintain a breeding population. That means there's almost certainly more of them out there. 
So, uh, and they were stating that they, they wouldn't never ex- forget this experience. So um, that was quite an interesting one. You know, I, I was talking to Vincent earlier. We have had, I have had received um, Bigfoot sightings in Finland before. Uh, and the reason why Finland has a lot of uh, berry, large berry uh plantations and wild berries grew throughout the the country and uh, a lot of these encounters though this was up in the the, the tega area i think where it's swampier and much colder uh these um these bigfoot would be seen in these these berry patches these large berry patches i've, I've had several sightings. in fact a couple years ago there was uh an individual, I think, it was a, a girl who was lost, and they never found her. Um, I don't know if one of these things took her, killed her, or what it did, but uh, there was some hubbub about that for a while. So I don't know what that was, but you know, I don't know if it's the same as what this gentleman saw or not. So uh, we have another one here: uh, a mother and daughter camping at Lake Cumberland in southeast Kentucky. They sense something stalking them until a Bigfoot lets out a loud, deep growl while tearing through the woods. Um, And the the witness stated that the last weekend of June uh, 2014, my daughter and I decided to go camping. And it had been about 10 years since the last time. She's 28 and I'm well older. Uh, anyway, we buy a new tent, find all the gear in, in the garage and pack up the van. We head out to Lake Cumberland, a place called Bee Rock in Southeast Kentucky. It's about 25 miles from our home, very rustic campground, uh, just a spot for a tent and a fire pit right on the lake. Very few people go there. They like the newer tent campgrounds with the electric and showers. I was raised as a tomboy. My dad took me hunting, fishing, and roughing it in a while, and I raised my kids the same way. Now, with us was my dog, half Grant Dean, half Boxer, named Spike. Sweetest big a lump of dog, except when he felt he was under threat. Uh, we arrived that afternoon and soon set up camp. We fished uh, eight feet from the tent, actually. The place was heaven, birds, crickets, and frogs, and occasionally jumping fish. Not a boat or other camper in sight. Caught several big mouth bass, and I cleaned them and cooked them. Around 9 p.m., we decided to lay down and go to sleep. Now, it was humid, and it took me about an hour to fall asleep. Around 1 a.m., I wake up, and I'm usually a heavy sleeper, like comatite or time. But I set up and realized the lantern had burned out, and the fire is just red embers. There is only quiet not a breeze turning the leaves, not a frog in protest, nothing. Spike is sitting right in front of the screen, rigid, which was strange. My daughter hears me getting up and turns over. I grab my flashlight and nine millimeter, just in case someone's lurking around. The three of us emerged from the tent. I had Spike on a leash. This dog was all muscle and 140 pounds and could have pulled me behind and we felt the need to go somewhere. Uh, I turned the beam from my light all around the camp. The, the forest was thick and huge old growth trees. I was disturbed by the silence. Uh, I had this creepy sense that something was watching us, and despite the heat, 
I had chill bumps. Not seeing anything, I stirred up the fire and placed some wood on it. We sat in our camp chairs, watching the flames when Spike began to tremble. He entered the stance, and his uh, back leg kicked out, and my flashlight went tumbling into the water. I held tight onto the leash. My daughter cowered behind my back, and we squinted into the darkness, trying to see what the dog was pointing to. As I automatically pulled my Ruger while pulling Spike back, at least a minute passed, no sound. The fire was going good, but we still didn't see anything. Now, the van was parked about a quarter mile away, not an option to go running through the woods with whatever was stalking us. I'm not the bravest guy in the world. Uh, something told me if I made a break for it, we'd be dead. I made a decision to go back in the tent. The fire gave us some light and uh, that we'd be able to see whatever might approach. So we backed up into the debt pulling spike. Once inside, the dog remained at the screen, anxiously staring out. He never once growled, just trembling. Now, minutes passed. We sit back to back, waiting, watching. I don't know how much time passed. Spike had sat down, still keeping a vigilant watch. My daughter and I were nodding off. And all of a sudden, I heard a deep, reverberating, primitive growl was unleashed somewhere in the trees behind the tent. I swear the ground and air vibrated with the power. My daughter left out a little yelp. It was all she could manage. Spike went nuts, trying to leap through the screen between us and we held him back. Then the growl rang out again. It was further away and the sound of trees crashing to the ground and underbrush rattling. I thought about firing my nine millimeter, but something told me it would just sign off the aggression and this thing would charge us. So what we did, we waited about five minutes on pins and needles. Spike slowly calmed down and the morning birds began to sing. After a couple cups, cups of strong coffee, we went exploring just far enough to see a medium-sized tree pushed over and a new path going up the side of the mountain through the brush. There were faint footprints in the hard ground, but they were huge. We cut our camping uh, trip short. You know, I never believed in Bigfoot, but this experience changed my mind. You know, it's funny, the, the the stories that come out of skeptics when they have an encounter is pretty interesting. They're always the most detailed. Uh, so um, that was a pretty good encounter. So nobody's got any questions. Okay, sounds good. So we'll keep going. Uh, I'm going to take a drink first, though. Oh. Uh. Now, the next account is a little different. Uh, a long-haul truck driver takes a break along a Nevada highway in the desert. While in the sleeper, he hears tapping from outside and observes two kids with black eyes. Then the account gets kind of creepy. Um, I received this from uh, the, the nephew of this, um, this individual who wrote this. He states my uncle um, told us a story uh, in the mid-1980s about a, a run he was driving uh, from Nashville to Chicago, then Chicago to San Francisco, then back to Nashville in the late 1970s. According to his story, he was driving through a desert in Nevada. 
It was about 10 p.m., and he had been driving for 14 to 15 hours at that point. He said that there hadn't been anything for 100 miles but sand, cactus, and snakes. His uh, eyelids were starting to grow weary, so he just pulled over to the side of the road and headed back to his sleeper and passed out. He said around 2 a.m., he was awakened to the sound of tapping outside of his cab. Thinking it might be a highway patrol or Department of Transportation, he hopped into his passenger seat to grab his logbook before going to see who was knocking. As he grabbed his logbook, he heard the tapping again coming from the lower glass of his driver door, followed by a child's voice saying, hey, mister, we're thirsty and tired. Can we come inside? He was suddenly struck with the feeling of absolute dread. He said it was so strong that he didn't even want to look to see who was speaking. Uh, something you've got to understand about my uncle. In the entire time I, I knew him to that point, I never heard him or seen him scared of anything. Anything. I'd, I'd seen him charge headfirst towards a guy that had drawn a gun on him. I'd seen him literally attack an alligator that had gotten too close to my cousin when we went to vacation in, in Florida one year. Nothing scared the man. However, even years after this incident, as he was telling the story to us, you could see the fear in his eyes. He said that he had that they had tapped on the glass again and asked once more to be let inside. Against his better judgment, he, he looked over at the glass and then just froze. He said they looked like two normal kids, if a little pale, but it was their eyes. They were solid black. He described them as as seeming to have eyes, but also not have eyes, and yet felt like they were staring right through him into, you know, in through the lower glass. He immediately yelled out to them to leave me alone, and um, he said that they, they stared at him almost angrily for a few seconds and then just disappeared. Not like they turned away and walked off or stepped down from the bottom step, just poof, they were gone. Uh, he sat in the passenger seat for a few seconds trying to figure out what had just happened. But suddenly they started pounding on his passenger right next passenger door right next to him and yelling, let us in now. He said they sound, didn't sound like kids anymore. With zero hesitation, he jumped from his passenger seat into the driver's seat, threw his, his rig into gear and peeled out of there as fast as he could. Uh, he said he, he didn't slow down until he hit California and took a different highway back to Tennessee. He did say he saw him later on the road, though. He said he'd been trucking down the highway for another couple of hours when, in his life, he saw the same two kids on the side of the road just standing there staring at his truck. They continued to stare at him the entire time as he passed them, but they were gone when he looked for them in the side mirror. He told us he found another gear in his truck when he didn't even know he had it. Um, it could have been a nightmare, not likely, since he was obviously awake when he was driving into California that morning. Uh, could it have been a story he made up just to scare us kids? Maybe, but he wasn't really the scary type story type as well as he, you know, he told us all the same story well into our adult years. Could it have been hallucinations of our overworked sleep provide mine? Well, maybe, but uh, he worked these hours and drove the same route for many years before and after. Also, the whole black-eyed kid phenomenon hadn't even been popularized in the mainstream yet, and uh, 
it wouldn't be for a couple more decades. So they said, I'll let you make your own judgments on this story. Uh, that That's a weird one. And, you know, I've heard that before where people have encountered these, these black-eyed kids or other beings or even these pale humanoid crawlers where they are, they're seen and just take off and, you know, they disappear. Uh, and actually, this next account is very similar, but it has to do with a slender man as opposed to a red eye, or a black-eyed kid. Because a mother and her child were driving back from New York City and decided to rest in Plaxico, Kansas. They soon encountered a slender man-like priest that manifested every mile or so on the highway. Now, she says this happened in 2019 at the peak of the pandemic on Mother's Day weekend. I had three kids, two boys, and two girls and a boy. My middle child, the girl, was a girl, was 12 at the time, and is on the uh, spectrum, very high functioning, but has emotional problems. Something can be, sometimes it can become very overwhelming, and long story short, her grandmother, her dad's mother, offered to help, but by enrolling her in a school in New York. We live in Colorado, so it's a little far, but I've always allowed them to go on vacation there to see the side of their family. It didn't end up working out well. The woman, her grandmother, turned out to be a narcissist, as narcissistic as most horrible Karens would be. You ever met, and you know, about as bad as you've ever met, and was mu- mentally abusing her only after being there for two weeks. When my daughter asked to come home, I dropped everything, rented a car, and uh, took what little money I had and drove and got her. But there's a completely different story, however. This is the scary part. Uh, we started from Rockefeller Center and everything went smoothly until we got to Kansas. I was exhausted from the drive and decided to pull over in a town called Plaxico at about 1 a.m. We had pulled into a few rest stops to sleep and everything was fine. But this place was flat out deserted and creeping. But I just took it as me being sleepy and irritated at everything my daughter was telling me about the time in New York City. I pulled into this restaurant parking lot and found the place out of the way in case anyone came and we were in the way. Uh, There was a travel information stand across the road from where we were going to stay, but it freaked my daughter out. But those who were the only two places with light anywhere. I locked up and I finally got close. I got to close my eyes and all of a sudden my daughter got even more scared Uh, kept saying that she didn't feel right and that she felt something was watching her. Uh, She turned around and screamed that that she saw this man staring at us through one of the windows of the restaurant. Now, as she said that, though, I got this huge rush of fear run through me, and I felt we needed to leave right that instant and started the car. When I looked back, I didn't see it, but I felt it. It was enough for me to speed out of there. Then she screamed, it's behind us, go faster. I was trying to get back out on the highway. Remember, the road had this weird type of loop to it that if you turn wrong, you'd, it'd lead you, to the circle right, lead you into a circle right back in the same information building across the restaurant. Once we got on the highway, I saw it. A very tall man with priest attire on the side of the road, every mile or so, smiling and waving at us. 
I must have been going about 100 miles an hour. It followed us all the way to Topeka. And then it, it just didn't feel, I just didn't feel it anymore. That's not the most, that's not the most scared I've been, but very close. When we finally got home, we researched that town and its history, but never found anything about the priest haunting the area. It's just glad, I'm just glad that we got out of there. It felt like we were being hunted. Any idea what this was? And no, I don't think it was a Slender Man or any of those. He was tall, but not like that. Any Anybody ever have any experiences in or around Plexico? I mean, Paxico, Kansas. So that's a kind of a weird one. Um, I got a lot of feedback on that one. So, you know, that's the last case I have. If anybody's got any questions, feel free to put it up here. I may have missed some because I wasn't really watching the the chat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have any questions. Oh, Marla's got one. Um, are there a lot of black-eyed kid reports that take place in the desert? You know, there are, actually. Uh, if you remember J.C. Johnson's account, when him, where he encountered that, that woman out in the middle of the desert, uh, right off the uh, reservation one night, and actually the sighting of it made him very sick. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think JC was right after that. Uh, it happened about two or three years before he passed away, and uh, I, I think I think it affected JC for the rest of his life. Um, you know, I I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, you know, I have heard of these before. Uh, are these winged humanoids always seen around large bodies of water or the ocean and Great Lakes? Uh, it do seem in some cases to be close to water. That has, you know, of course, for Chicago. Chicago's got a lot of water, not only the lake, but there's a lot of there's a lot of rivers all through the area and in, into the county and all. It's an area with a lot of water. Uh, I don't know if that's the reason why we haven't really been able to figure that out. I, I honestly, I haven't found any indication that there's any water involved with it. Uh, you know, so I don't know, you know, it, it could be, but it's like a lot of other things. We've got a lot of different uh, questions about what had ha has been going on in Chicago. And, you know, people have brought up that water uh, relationship to it. Uh, but, Honestly, I don't know if that um, I don't know if that's uh, any has anything to do with it or not. Aaron asks, "Are black-eyed kids have any indication of being a demonic being?" I don't know. You know the whole black-eyed kid phenomenon. You know, I, I think there's a good possibility that it's a possession of some type. Um, you know, we do have black-eyed uh, adults as well. I um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if it was demonic thing or um, which I doubt. I think it's probably a possession. It, you know, it doesn't seem like these kids are all the time black eye. But then again, I, I, I don't know of an instance where someone has seen with black eyes than with normal eyes. So I don't know what that is. Um, Vincent asked, uh, have there been other reports of white skinned Bigfoot like creatures? There have been reports of white Bigfoot, but as far as a, a Bigfoot like creature, 
with uh, with dark red or dark brown uh, hair or fur, and then white skin. Honestly, I don't think I've heard that before. Uh, there's a lot of times when the skin's very dark, darker than the, the, the hair, but the other way around, no, I, I, I really don't. I really don't. Any black-eyed MIB? <laughs> I don't know. Most of the time, these MIB have sunglasses on, so they may, they maybe they do, but uh, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, that question about the holograms or extraterrestrials before an experience, if anybody knows anything about that, feel free to contact me about it because um, uh, that's, that's an interesting phenomenon that has been occurring with this person for a while now where they see these holograms of unknown creatures or something exaggerated and then they have the encounter with an extraterrestrial or some type of non-terrestrial being uh and and manuel says yeah there have been white-eyed kids before white-eyed beings also so you know is that the same type of uh is that the same relation as a black-eyed kid or black-eyed being i don't know but there have been white-eyed creatures i mean uh humans or humanoids as well So anybody got anything else? Uh, do we think these chirping wing humanoids from Vincent are different than what we have been doing with in Chicago? It might be. You know, every once in a while we get a different aspect of these beings just pop up. So this, but this is something new. Um, I I don't remember. Maybe Manuel can say but i don't remember anybody saying anything about chirping sounds before so uh, i don't know you know that's something else we got to look into and i got a feeling this isn't the last time we've heard about it uh sarah asked do you think that all bigfoot are interdimensional or do live some physical uh in the physical all the time yeah i do i i think there there are indigenous beings that live on our plane all the time. Uh, and I think most of those in areas like the uh, Pacific Northwest, Florida, and around the Gulf, uh, yeah, I think there are. And many times they're associated with pods or family groups as well. But for the most part, I, I think the, um, I think Bigfoot and most cryptids are interdimensional beings or something not of this earth plane and have a way of moving in and out. Like I do with the uh, like I do with the wing humanoids, I think that's the same case with them. Uh, you know, we can't prove that unless we have more just definitive uh, evidence of it. Uh, but seriously, I, I think there, there's something to that interdimensional theory. Uh, Marla asked, "Do you think the chirping is a warning our language?" It, it may be. You know, I. Um, you know, when I had my Bigfoot encounter back in 81, the, that Bigfoot left that had a clicking sound it made with its teeth. And I think it was a nervous thing, nervous tick that it gave off when it saw something or encountered something it wasn't used to seeing. Um, I think that's what happened. So maybe that's, you know, maybe these chirping sounds are these, these winged beings letting out uh, some type of either warning or maybe a nervous tick of some type. I don't know. 
Uh, Rich, uh, Vincent wanted to know, do you think CERN is changing our reality? Oh, it could be. Um, I don't think it's going to help eventually, but, you know, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think we're going to have to keep an eye on it. And I think there is a possibility that it may open up a rift somehow. And, you know, when you start opening rifts up, though we don't know the whole interdimensional or opening or from uh, between our world and others, uh, what that entails. But yeah, I think, I think there's something there that, you know, may cause some issues at some point, but I think we need to be made aware of it. Uh, and I think that people, a lot of people are skeptical of it. Android purity. They say that the eyes are the window to the soul. So maybe black eyes indicate no soul. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, but I still think it's a possession thing. I really do. Now, you know, when you talk about spirit possession, uh, you see a lot of weird stuff. Uh, people are contorted in different ways and it causes all kinds of reactions and such. But uh, I don't know. It very well could be. Anastasia, I think the chirping is a way to see kind of like whales hunting for fish. You mean like sonar or like a bat sonar? That might be. Maybe that's how they see better. You know, the red eyes maybe don't allow them to see as as clearly, and they use some type of sonar with the chirping. That's very possible. You know, large, I mean, bats make like a clicking sound as well with their sonar, so maybe there's something to that. Possessions from what? With that, I don't know. Extraterrestrial, possibly. Uh, could it be some type of entity other than that? very possible but you know you know it's very it's, it's very similar to what people look like or experience other other than the black eyes with the spirit possessions or spirit attachments so uh, yeah maybe it's something to that we just don't know enough about it uh you know until we get <laughs> until we get someone who's inflicted with the black eyes or inflicted in that way come forward and tell us a few things and able to be interviewed, which I don't know if we've ever have had or had an, an opportunity to interview anybody with that malady. So uh, who knows? Richard uh, Vincent asked, have you had an ET contact as of late? No, I haven't been a while. Been a while. Um, and, and the one I had, the, the most recent one I had was about a year or so ago, but, I, I don't remember much of it. I know it happened, but I really don't know, remember any of it as opposed to the one before that. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it'll come back at some point. I don't know. But, um, and that does happen. You know, a lot of times when people have encounters like that, it's kind of, it's kind of regressed. And then years later, it kind of comes out. I hear that all the time from people who say, you know, I just remember this, this and that. So, um, Yeah. Okay, well, you know, let me tell you, if you have an unexplained encounter sighting, you know, feel free to contact me directly at lawnstricklerfamsandmonsters.com or through the Fams and Monsters blog site. Also, if you'd like to have your encounter or sighting considered uh, for the show or post on the Fams and Monsters blog site, forward your email to me. Uh, thanks to those who for watching and chatting, and if you made a donation, it's truly appreciated your support is what makes all this possible. 
please click and subscribe and click the like the like button as well and also consider becoming a member of phantoms and monsters radio so until the next time just stay safe have a great week and good night